Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. With a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hayo Silver, the Lone Ranger. faithful Indian companion Toto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fellow. The town of Henderson had promised to become one of the great cattle centers in the southwest until slowly and insidiously a criminal element began to sneak its way into the community. Soon its main street was studded with rowdy saloons and gambling dives and the man responsible was gambler Pete Roxton owner of a string of dives. The largest of these was the Golden Grange Cafe, and it was in the rear office there that Roxton talked with his cafe manager, Bandy Harris. Uh, Bandy, what's this hogwash you're giving me about some kid starting a newspaper here? It's not hogwash, Pete. It's Joe Hamilton, that young college fellow that just moved into town. He and his wife are starting this paper, and they're calling it the Henderson Reveille. It's got a motto that says something about a paper to wake up the good citizens of Henderson. That lawyer Coleman and the other church-going people are behind him. So is Miles Taylor. Miles Taylor? Well, the thing is, they, they don't know about Taylor. They think he's one of them. <laughs> if they only knew that Miles Taylor is my silent partner. 
first issues of the Henderson Reveille caused a sensation in the cattle town. Say, did you see that newspaper? It sure sizzles, don't it? Yeah, sure does. Claims the rustlers from Harville Canyon use places in town here for making their plans. Yeah. Practically comes out and says the places belong to Pete Roxton. <laughs> Wonder how much longer Roxton's gonna take this kind of stuff without doing something about it. Yeah, I wonder. Pete Roxton pretended unconcern, but in the privacy of his office, he scowled and said to Bandy Harris... This kid Hamilton's getting under my skin. He's much too big for his boots. Have Frio and Cactus do something about it. Miles Taylor wants action now. You want him to shoot Hamilton? No, 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 nothing like that. Killing him on top of what he's been writing about me and my places would put me in a bad spot. Then what'll I have him do? Well, that's up to them. Cactus will figure something... One thing I know, a newspaper can't be printed if the press isn't working. Oh, <laughs> I see what you mean, Pete. I'll tell Cactus what you said. A few nights later, vandals entered the office of the Henderson Reveille and used sledgehammers on the single printing press. When young editor Joe Hamilton reported the destruction to Sheriff Ed Milliken the next morning, the sheriff was indignant but helpless. Son, if I knew who did that to your press, I'd be of a mind to string him up without ever taking him to court. I mean it. It must have been some of Roxton's men. It had to be. Did you see him do it, Joe? Did you find anybody that saw him? No, but it could That's enough, Joe. There you are. I agree with you. It could have been like you say. But I can't go arresting men without proof. Then I'll take the law in my own hands. Oh, I wouldn't say that, Joe, if I were you. Don't like to hear that kind of thing. But, Sheriff, what am I going to do? I haven't much money. I doubt if I have enough to buy a new press. I'm sorry to hear that. But I'm not going to quit. I won't let them drive me out of this town as they've done to others. That's talking right spunky, Joe, and I'm for you. Uh, say, uh, why don't you go over to the bank and ask Miles Taylor for a loan? Taylor? That crooked skinflint. He's bleeding money out of half the people in town now. The people who've lost cattle or had trouble, they're the ones he cheats most. I uh, reckon you're right, Joe. He sort of has me up against the wall with the mortgage on my place. Still, he deals within the law. And like they say, what can you do? He's the only one with money in the town. I could ask lawyer Coleman, but... I... Uh, no. Maybe I'd better try, Taylor, much as I dislike the idea. Joe Hamilton and his wife, Katie, went to the office of private banker and land agent, Miles Taylor. The oyster-eyed, balding moneylender listened to Hamilton's story, then sat back in his chair with hands folded as in prayer and spoke through pursed lips. So you want me to lend you money, do you? What's your collateral? To be truthful, Mr. Taylor, there's only our personal effects. That's why I brought my wife along with me. I'll be glad to sign a co-note with Joe and put up our household goods and our clothes. We'll sign over a first lien on the money we take in from advertising, too. Yes, yes. Well, I'm going to do you a favor. Oh, Mr. Taylor, how wonderful. You're going to grant us the loan. No, I'm what? turning you down cold. What? That's right. It'd be a case of sending good money after bad... Maybe this town does need a newspaper, I don't know. Personally, I'm against it. 
Like your scandal sheet, most of them are started just to cause trouble. Trouble? Why, Mr. Taylor, the Reveille's needed in Henderson. The trouble's in this town already. It's the aim of the Reveille to end it. This town's been going downhill faster than a runaway stagecoach, Mr. Taylor. And now I can see why. If men in your position are too blind and too afraid Katie, to... Katie, please. No, Joe, let me finish. It's men like Mr. Taylor who let the Pete Roxtons take over a town and run it. As long as they can make a dollar, they don't Get care... Get out of my office. They don't care about what happens to the people, the law, or anything else. Pete Roxton's better than their kind. At least he doesn't pretend That's to be it. A... Get out of my office, both of you. Hamilton? All right, Mr. Taylor. Come along, Katie, please. The cheek of you. You don't have to say anything oh. more, Mr. Taylor. Please, Katie. Oh, Joe, I'm sorry, but I just had to say what I thought of. I know, darling. Come along now. Good day, Mr. Taylor. Good day. Good day indeed. Never heard the likes of such cheek. <laughs> Early that afternoon, as a dejected Joe Hamilton walked along the main street, lawyer Hiram Coleman walked up to him. Joe, it's all over town that Miles Taylor refused you money to buy a new press. It is. I didn't tell anyone. But he did, the old hypocrite. And that, on top of the vandalism in your place last night, is all that was necessary to get the good element in this town riled up, as they haven't been in a long time. Well, that's more than my paper did. Joe... I just wanted to tell you that you'll be printing the Reveille again. We've called a town meeting for tomorrow night. What? You heard me. We're going to do something about what's happened. We'll subscribe to a fund that'll help you buy a new press. Mr. Coleman, I... Don't try to protest, Joe. Everything's already arranged. You just attend that meeting. You'll learn that the decent citizenry of Henderson is ready to act. That night, moneylender Miles Taylor and gambling boss Pete Roxton met in their secret hideout. Roxton poured drinks, downed one quickly, and continued the talk he had begun earlier. I tell you, Miles, we've got to be concerned about this meeting. People are blaming me for destroying Taylor's printing machine. Well, they're blaming the right man, aren't they? Are you fooling, Miles? <laughs> you better be. I don't like that kind of talk coming from you. I'm not saying I wouldn't have done the thing on my own. But it was you who suggested we do something drastic at I once. I was only making a joke when I said what I said, Pete. Now calm down. People can think anything they want about you and me. Let them. We're uh, going to move over onto their side. Yeah, what does that mean? We're going to that meeting tomorrow night, you and I. We're going to be all for Joe Hamilton and a resumption of the Henderson Revelation. Oh, stop kidding. People know you turn them down on a loan. I sure they do. But I'm going to repent in public. I'm going to get religion. Yeah. Going to stand up there before all the blue noses and tell them I'm sorry for what I did. <laughs> then I'm going to offer to give Hamilton whatever money he needs at regular banking rates. Then you're going to stand up and say you won't let me. I am? Oh, yes. You're going to show them what a great heart you have, too. You'll say you're a man who's been maligned greatly. You'll say you love Henderson and believe in law and order. What? And to prove it, you'll give Hamilton, uh, give, mind you, whatever money he needs to get the paper going again. Well, that's the craziest thing I ever heard. No, no, it isn't. Because while you're talking, Pete, 
while all the people in Henderson are sitting in the town hall seeing you in a new and shining light. The building where Hamilton has his paper is going to be blown to smithereens. You're really crazy. Who's going to do that? Your men, Frio and Cactus. The same two that broke the presses. On the following morning, the Lone Ranger and Tonto left the mission where they had stopped to visit their old friend, the Padre. He had told them of the events that had taken place in Henderson, stressing the campaign of the Reveille and the subsequent destruction of its press. He had no knowledge of the meeting scheduled for that evening. The masked man and Indian were discussing this conversation as they set out on the trail. Joe Hamilton sounds like the kind of man the West needs. If Henderson and towns like it are to survive, a lot of Joe Hamiltons will be needed. Maybe him not survive. Him lose print machine now. Maybe next time, him lose life. You're right, Tonto. Bad hombres in that town, Kimasabi. Yes. Men like Pete Roxton, smart as well as bad. Tonto, Joe Hamilton needs help. And that's right. We may be able to help him. If we ride hard, we'll make Henderson for this evening. Come on, Let's come. That night in the town hall, people had been astounded when Miles Taylor rose to apologize to Joe Hamilton and to offer the young editor a loan for resuming publication of his newspaper. Their astonishment gave way to happy incredulity when Pete Roxton jumped up from his seat and addressed them. Uh, fellow citizens of Henderson, I'm in favor of what Mr. Taylor says. We need a newspaper like the Reveille in this town. We need it, we're going to have it. Now, you people may have ideas about me and my business. I want to prove I'm not anything like you think. I believe in law, order, and progress. So I personally, not as a loan, am going to offer to Joe Hamilton whatever money he needs to start that paper of his again. All right, now hold on, hold on. There'll be no strings attached. I won't even ask him to put it... Hey, what's that? Look out the window. It's the Reveille. It's thrown to pieces. The building's on fire. Hey. Come on. Start a bucket brigade. By the varmints, we'll string up whoever did it. Katie, don't leave this place. Stay here. I'll go and see what they've done now. Joe. Joe, you know what they've done. They've destroyed everything. Everything. This, this is the end for us. Oh, Joe. <laughs> The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
Now to continue. The Lone Ranger and Toto were riding into Henderson along a back road parallel to the main street when the explosion occurred. They pulled their horses to a stop as they saw flames. Through a space between buildings, they saw a small store afire. The crimson flare revealed a sign over the door of the structure. Toto, it's the Reveille. The newspaper we were told about. It's a fire. Kimosabe, look. Running away from fire. Toto's finger pointed at two figures running from the scene of the destruction. They disappeared in the shadows for a moment, then reappeared on horseback, riding away and into the hills. Toto, those must be the men who started the fire. They must escape. Come, Toto, we're going after them. Frio and Cactus had made a quick getaway and had a big head start on the Lone Ranger and Toto. But once the riders had straightened out on the open ground in the hills, the distance between the pursuers and pursued began to lessen. The crooks heard and saw the men coming after them, and panicky began to fire over their shoulders at the Lone Ranger and Toto. Their shots went wild. The Lone Ranger waited until the men ahead had emptied their guns. Then he called to Toto as they closed in on Frio and Cactus. Toto, fire over their heads, but don't hit them. We want to take them alive. Ah. Bullets whined close to the heads of the crooks. As the masked man and Indian closed in, Frio shouted, Stop shooting! Do not kill us! We give up! You got Hold your fire! We give up! Hold All right, dismount. If you try any tricks, we'll shoot. Yeah, yeah, all right. That's it. Now, drop your guns. Toto, tie these two, and I'll tell you what I plan to do with them. As Tonto tied ropes to the wrists and ankles of Frio and Cactus, the crooks, awed by their captors, confessed their roles freely. Yes, yes. We set off the dynamite. You must have been there when we did it. We saw you coming after us right after we took off. We did it all right, but not on our own. Yes, that's right. Not on our own. So you can't do anything to us. Anything like killing us, I mean. You can't on account of we were only doing what we were told. The Lone Ranger said nothing but let them babble. When they'd been bound completely, he walked Tonto a short distance away and outlined a plan that had come into his mind. These two men are frightened, Tonto. They can't figure what we're up to. Ah, uh, don't want him to afraid. I'm going to make them even more afraid. want to find out who their leader is. We won't turn them over to the law until we're sure that the man behind the destruction of the Reveille can be proven guilty. That'd be good, Kimasabi. And what do you do? Well, a little threatening first, then a little bluffing. Whatever is necessary to make them name their boss, we'll go back to them now. The Lone Ranger returned to where the two men lay bound on the ground. He drew his gun from its holster, fingered it, then grasped it tightly. It's senseless talking to some men, especially the hard ones. The only thing to do is, well, a bullet into them here, a bullet into them there. Maybe when they're fully lettered, they'll tell whom they're working for. Now, which one of you wants the first shot? Oh, no, 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 you cannot shoot us. Not when we're like this, you can't. No, no, please don't. Look, I'll tell you what you want to know. Frio, calling upon an equally frightened cactus for confirmation, told of destroying the printing press and then the store where the paper was printed, all on Roxton's orders. Cactus unwittingly supplied the others. Yeah, but the dynamite wasn't Pete's idea. He told us he didn't go for it, but Miles Taylor made him. Yes, he's the real big one in everything. He's bigger than Roxton, even. Now, there, we told you what you wanted to know. Now, cut these ropes, huh? We told you. Yes, you told us. And with what I know now, I think we're ready to break the town of Henderson wide open. Make it the kind of place Joe Hamilton hoped to make it. 
We take them to town, Kimasabi? No, Toto. We'll loosen the ropes on their ankles, put them on their horses, and take them to Giant's Cave. We'll circle around here and go along the road to the cave. When we put them there, we'll go to town to see two other men. There were two widely separated entrances to Giant's Cave. The Lone Ranger and Tonto carried Frio and Cactus through the main one, tied their ankles once more and gagged the crooks, leaving them propped up against a rocky ledge. Then they went back to their horses. We'll tie their horses somewhere in the underbrush. But first, I'll write a few notes. Uh-huh. Short ones to Pete Roxton and Miles Taylor. You deliver the first one, I'll take care of the second. We'll decide in town what to do about the third. Third? Kimotabi? Yes, for the sheriff or Joe Hamilton. The sheriff may be out on the trail looking for those men we caught. That's the case, I'll give this note to Joe Hamilton. He can read it and then wait to give it to Sheriff Milliken when he returns to town or else take action himself. I think if Milliken is still away, young Hamilton's the kind who will act. Do not write note here, Kimasati. It's too dark. There are spirit lamps in our pack, Tonto. Please bring them here and light them. But I use one and write on that flat rock over there. You take the other back into the cave and leave it near those two fellows in there. We want to make sure they're found. Sheriff Milliken was not in his office. A short time later, as Joe and Katie Hamilton sat disconsolately in their small home, a knock was heard on the door. Joe kept gazing with unseeing eyes into the fireplace as his wife answered the knock. He came out of his reverie only when the door slammed and Katie, wide-eyed, came running back to him with a note and a silver bullet in her hand. Katie, what's that in your hand, a bullet? Yes, Joe, a silver one. Didn't you hear what he said? Who? The masked man. What? That's right, a man in a mask. He came to the door and said he'd look for the sheriff but couldn't locate him. He'd found out where we live somehow and he said he came here to give this note to you. Let me see it. Sheriff Milliken or Joe Hamilton, if you take a posse and go to Giant's Cave at once, entering by the rear entrance, you'll find... uh, uh, And wait until a second man appears there. Katie, if this is true... Whatever it is, I believe it. If you'd talk to him, you'd know what I mean. Joe, where are you going? To round up Hiram Coleman and as many men as I can find. With the sheriff away from town, we'll have to take the place of him and his posse. Wait, Joe. Wait for me. I'll go with you. Later, Pete Roxton, seated in his office behind the Golden Grange Cafe, poured a drink and heard no sound of the band of horsemen riding away from Main Street to the road that led to Giant's Cave. His aide, Bandy Harris, had just entered the office when a rock with a note attached came through the open window and fell on the floor. As Roxton, white-faced, picked up the note and read it, Bandy ran to the door and looked out. Then he came back. There was a man on a white horse. He was riding away fast. Wearing a mask, wasn't he? I couldn't see. Well, he was wearing a mask, all right, I know it. He caught Frio and Cactus. He has them tied up in Giant's Cave. We're going to the cave. We'll talk business with this mask, hombre. Business? Yeah. We'll talk it now and cross him later. Get the horses ready. We're leaving. The Lone Ranger had ridden only a short distance from the Golden Grange. There he met Tonto. Both of them remained in a grove of trees until they saw Pete Roxton and Bandy Harris set off on the trail to Giant's Cave. Well, there's the second step in my plan working out. You uh, say you checked on Miles Taylor and he's at his house now? Ah, him sitting parlor. Otto, you throw the note through his window this time, then return here. 
Something tells me we'll see Miles Taylor riding towards the cave in a very few minutes. Tuttle hurled the letter-tied rock through Miles Taylor's open window. In another few minutes, Taylor rushed out to his stable, mounted a horse, and galloped away. Get up there! Inside Giant's Cave, Pete Roxton and Bandy Harris headed toward the spirit lamp, burning on a rock a short distance inside. They found Frio and Cactus propped on the ground against a ledge, and immediately they used their knives to cut the ropes from the two crooks, who told them what had happened. You told him that I put you up to blasting the building? We, we had to, boss. He was going to kill us. We didn't say you were the big boss. We told him how Miles Taylor was in with you. You I mean, what? You look... oh, they must have spilled everything, Pete. Frio, where is this mask, hombre? He said to come Listen, here to... Pete. Coming from the front, this way. Must be the masked man. We got here before he did. Get your gun ready, Bandy. Yeah, give it to him. <laughs> we'll do business all right. Now! I see him. I've got him. He's still alive. He's crawling. Coming into the light. Let me take one more... Pete! Pete, it's Miles Taylor! We've shot Miles Taylor! I didn't know it. I didn't... Petey... And so are you, Roxton. If you move a hair, drop your guns, both of you. All right. Coleman, Joe Hamilton. Yes, Roxton, me, Joe Hamilton, and most of the people in town. You were here all the time. You heard. Everything. You're going to the gallows, Roxton. When you go, you'll die knowing that all the crime and rottenness you brought to Henderson will be gone with you. We're getting the sheriff to close every joint tomorrow. Come along, you four. We'll put up the money to build the Henderson Reveille again, too. You're right, men. We'll manage somehow. The money we'll give will be real money. Won't be the promised kind like Roxton and Taylor offered. Promises as false as yourselves. Joe, Mr. Coleman, look. A shadow at the mouth of the cave. Watch out. Something's coming through the air. It's a rock. There's a letter tied to it. And the figures disappeared. Joe, you have the letter. What does it say? Now, let me finish first. It's too amazing. I can't believe it. Who is it from, Joe? What does it say? It's from the masked man. He was the one who threw it. Must be. He says... Listen to this, everyone. He says Henderson and every town in the West needs a fighting, fearless newspaper as a foundation. He says he has a silver mine somewhere and that he uses the metal to help worthy causes from time to time. Silver? Yes. And he says if I ride to the old mission next week, the Padre will be holding enough silver from him to erect a new building and to start the Henderson Reveille again. What a wonderful, wonderful man. But we haven't seen him. He's disappeared without letting us thank him for capturing these men and... Well, this last... Joe, Joe, he did sign the letter, didn't he? Yes. Well, darling, who is he? He's a man I'll never forget. He's the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger? Thank you.
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Enterprises, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. Thank you.